from the Financial Times in London. I'm Andrew England and this is FT News. South African assets have been badly hit by the announcement that Pravin Gordon, the well-respected finance minister, has been summoned to a court on fraud charges. The charges relate to his time as the head of the South African Revenue Service. But many observers believe the investigation is politically motivated. Lionel Barber, the FT editor, interviewed Mr Gordon early this month about the allegations and the state of South Africa. We're extraordinarily fortunate this morning to have Pravin Gordon, the Minister of Finance of South Africa, to engage in a conversation with me. The transition from apartheid in South Africa had many extraordinary stories, and we are looking at one of the gentlemen who played an important role in that transition. Pravin Gordon served a term as finance minister and then came back in December last year under somewhat unusual circumstances. We are going to talk about the South African economy, but I think it would be helpful if you could explain why were you appointed and what is going on? Well, how did I get into this job? Well, you know, the way it happens in government, Lionel, I'm not sure it happens in the media like that, is that the president calls you and says, I want you to do this job. (laughs) And you either say yes or no. And uh, I said yes. Don't ask me whether I think it was the right call or not. That's a different matter. And what's going on in South Africa? It's, it's still uh, a young 22-year-old democracy. We're going through a difficult economic patch at the moment, both on the continent generally and amongst the leading economies in the continent. But we might well have bottomed out, and we look forward to growth above 1% as we go forward. There's elections coming in the ruling party fairly soon, in about a year's time. So as part of the democratic process, that will give rise to uh, constructive contestation as we go forward. So you must expect what we would call a bit of noise in our country. I think you've had your fair share in the UK, and it's still going on. Uh, We don't want to emulate you by any means, but, uh, but part of being a democratic country and a democratic environment means that both within political parties and within government and society more generally, there will be moments when unusual things begin to happen and the boundaries of democracy are tested, its institutions are tested, our culture of resolving contestation is tested and I'm confident we'll come out more positively out of it. Well, you're quite right to refer to the political earthquake known as Brexit, but as far as I know, the Chancellor of the Exchequer is not under investigation by the tax authority, which you are, having agreed to take the job. So what is going on? Well, like I said, unusual things will happen. And that's, that's one of them. So uh, the one thing I can assure you is that both myself and others that might be involved or us as an institution, our conscience is clear. We have nothing to worry about as far as that is concerned. As you know, I've been an activist for over 40 years in the anti-apartheid struggle, so that that holds us in good stead, let's put it that way, like many others as well. And there are many, many South Africans who want to see the right kind of outcome, both of this case and and there's no case really. Uh, There's a lot of noise and and we'll come up. I mean, you, you have an impeccable record. You were in the resistance movement. You spent time in jail. Do you see what's going on as part of a second struggle? Well, you know, our neighbours in Mozambique lent national liberation movements an interesting slogan, Aluta Continua, means the struggle continues. So I think most, if not all countries in the world, 
struggle against poverty or against negative tendencies, or as the platform was saying, rent-seeking in one form or another, or against its, uh, its worst tendencies as well. So we, we have to continue to, I called it contestation, uh, where the values of our constitution and the values that Mandela and company left us with are values that people want to see, citizens want to see all of us living and practicing. And I think there are lots of people in the leadership of both the ruling party and government who represent that on the one hand, and on the other hand, uh, will ensure that that proud tradition continues. Do you have the confidence of the president as you serve as finance, no, finance the, the minister? The answer a politician or a political office bearer would say is, as long as I'm in this job, I have his confidence. But you equally know that the lifespan in office of a political office bearer can end with one phone call. Well, I think it's so important, though. You know, the fact is you and Trevor Manuel and others in the central bank were the guarantors of economic stability and macroeconomic policy making. And that's a testimony to public service. It's a testimony to leaders on the one hand, but also the important role that institutions and values-driven bureaucrats also give us in terms of continuity of that kind of macroeconomic stability and responsiveness to what are very volatile circumstances, both within the country and outside of the country, that we have to keep in mind. South Africa really needs 5% growth rate. It's fallen substantially back. What can be done? Well, on the one hand, we've got to find better ways of recovering from the legacy of the 2008-2009 financial crisis as it impacted on South Africa specifically, but emerging markets more generally. Secondly, we've got to build a new wave of confidence, particularly in the private sector. And we, we've had some remarkable responses, both from the labor movement and a team of about 60 to 70 leading CEOs that we've been working with for the last seven or eight months, both in relation to the ratings issue, but also investment and development of our economy as well. And I think in the medium term, that will certainly hold us in good stead. That process has also produced two important projects. One is a private sector-funded endeavor to support small and micro businesses in South Africa. And many of you who are familiar with South Africa would know that given our legacy, that sector is a very underdeveloped sector in, in, in South Africa. And the second is an important new project which will take shape in the next month or two to bring into the private sector about a million to 1.5 million young people who are out there in the streets at the moment and give them work and learning experiences within companies over a three-year period, again sponsored by the private sector. And one, one hopes that these interactions will produce even more projects of the sort, where a private sector which, in, in the eyes of some people, is seen as too distant from the development challenges that we face is brought closer, and where it can actually be given an opportunity to actually demonstrate that it's part of the South African development story. And if we talk about the municipal elections, which was quite a bit of an earthquake, um, the ANC lost ground, the DA did very well, much better than expected. Are we seeing the beginnings of what some political analysts and commentators said, which is the slow breakup of the ANC? No. What we're seeing is another milestone in our development as a democracy. 
which means that if you don't sufficiently deliver to your citizens and if you don't convince them at that local level, you are addressing the concerns that they have, or their concerns might even be some national issues as well, then, as would happen in a true democracy, the ballot box is the instrument that citizens will use. The second thing, the DA actually didn't do spectacularly well. They only got three, uh, another 3% on the 2014 number. So it, nobody had a, more than 50% in the three metropolitan municipalities that you're referring to. And the king or queen maker in the equation was the economic freedom fighters. Mr. Julius Malema. Malema. They decided that they would not enter into any alliance with the ANC. And so they backed the DA, and that's how the DA got into government. So the next six months are going to be fascinating yeah. because we don't have too much of experience with so-called coalitions as Europe does. And so some would say, well, get used to the idea of coalitions and see how the politics of coalition works. And from the ANC point of view, we've got to learn what it means to be in opposition and train our councillors or representatives how to behave on the one hand, but how to use the opposition benches effectively <laughs> to challenge the governing coalitions, pretty much as they do with us when we are governing as well. Uh, Previn Gordon, one tough ombre. Thank you. you. FT editor Lionel Barber was speaking to Previn Gordon at the FT Africa conference in London on October the 3rd. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might like to listen to the latest edition of World Weekly for a further discussion on the events in South Africa. You can find this at ft.com slash podcasts.